0: Welcome again to the Just Bloody Post-It podcast. I'm Helen Perry and this show's for anyone who's growing an online audience to support their work, but who, like me, might not consider yourself a natural marketer or salesperson. Every week we talk to someone who is just
1: like us, but who is making it happen their own way. There's a part of you that wants this, as terrifying as it is, Like, if there wasn't, if there was none of you that that wanted this at all, then you probably wouldn't be here. But it's it's the scary stuff, the integrity stuff that we need to, like, work around. Like, that spark is in there somewhere. You know you've got something that you really want to do and that you believe in. It's there. This time, we're going to delve into the mind
0: of business coach, mentor and writer Susie Dark. She's a sensitive empath in a world of brutal algorithms, demands and hustle. I met her when we worked together on a sales page for a course I was doing. And trust me, being sensitive does not mean you can't do good selling. Susie says she's designed a business that she didn't trust was possible, that feels good and comfortable now. It's what we all want, isn't it? We chat about how she did that, how to choose the people you want to work with, how to be authentically professional and go after the things that you want. First though, I asked her, what's this business of being a coach exactly?
1: My job really is to be kind of a guide and a partner with the people that I work with. So helping them to w- figure things out the the way that's going to feel good for them, someone to brainstorm ideas with, um, kind of journey with them wherever they need to go. So that's really how I work, you know, kind of standing alongside, showing some options, some doors that they might want to go through and then, you know, being with them as they decide which way to go. I think that's, that's a good way to describe it. I mean, some of the work I do is kind of coaching and mentoring, and there's a difference between the two of those. So mentoring really is helping people around the how. Someone who will mentor might have experience, prior experience in a certain thing. So, and they might be able to offer people um, ways forward, examples of things that they can do, help them around, you know, planning things out and working out how things are going to look. coach work slightly differently coaching helps to bring out what's already within you you know it kind of trusts that you've got the answers within yourself already um it's not pushing you anywhere it's kind of standing next to you as and and helping you move forward and the two can work really nicely and they often do and they blend from one into the other often particularly in the world of kind of instagram um we see a lot of people talking about coaching when really they mean mentoring and it just can be helpful to think about what you might need right now in the business do you want somebody to kind of hold your hand and pull you one way and take you you know in their direction or do you need somebody who can stand next to you and help figure out which way you actually want to move I feel like there might be more for
0: us to say on the world of Instagram Mm. coaches before too long but I just wanted to understand how you got to where you are now with your business. Was it, has it been a straight line or have you had a bit of a wiggly career?
1: It's been a really, really wiggly, um, wiggly line. I started off with so many different ideas about where I would be right now. And it's so interesting where I've landed because I didn't even know that this place existed um, a few years ago. I started off wanting to be an academic, so I spent a long time at university researching, studying, writing a PhD, then realised I didn't really want that. Um, moved to Cornwall with my now husband and found it really difficult to find work as um, an Italian Renaissance history PhD um, post-grad. I fell into um, a job as a copywriter with um, a local agency and really learned on the job how to write for online which was so different to the writing that I've been doing in the academic world and you know did okay in there and then had my children and then life kind of turned completely upside down and I knew I didn't want to be in the office five days a week nine till five anymore I couldn't do that anymore and we tried together to find a way that things could work tried lots of different permutations part-time some working from home etc but in the end um the work that I was doing the work that I could do with those hours was so dissatisfying and uninspiring you know the job that I ended up with was just not not I wanted to do not where I wanted to be and it was like the realization okay I'm gonna have to go on my own and do something on my own which was such a major thing. I, nobody in my family has ever run their own, their own business. You know, I come from a long line of employees, you know, doing well in the world and success is getting a good job and, you know, climbing up the ladder and that, that kind of thing. And all of a sudden it's like, how the hell do I even do this? so I started exploring like what can I do freelance copywriting but then it's like how do I get clients like how on earth do I find people and I'd get the old referral the odd word of mouth one and it be like okay brilliant and but that's not enough you know now what now what do I do living in Cornwall so in a very kind of rural place quite tricky to find clients as well so then it was like okay I'm gonna have to go online and do all this stuff so and I didn't know about it because I'd been working for a digital agency I started kind of exploring like how can I grow an audience all of that kind of stuff But found it really hard to do for myself really really hard like all the stuff all the stuff I knew how to do yeah all of a sudden for me it was just like I can't I can't do this stuff but you are
0: A self-confessed sort of introvert, empath, sensitive person, as and so many of our listeners will, you know, relate to that feeling of how am I supposed to put myself out there when this feels like it goes against Mm. every part of me every fiber of me doesn't want to post my face on the internet make a video how have you worked through that in order to
1: build an audience big enough to power your business do you know what when uh, listening to the way that you describe that and I totally I totally identify with that but also I think it, it it goes deeper than that and I think it's a lot it's a lot more complex than that for me, yes, I am an introvert, which means I'm not always on all the time and there's parts of me that can feel terribly painfully shy when I'm in a big group of new people, etc. The internet can be really loud and that can put me off as well and I need to like feel like I'm being in integrity and that, you know, that authentic word, all of that stuff is all mixed up. But also there is within me and I think there is within a lot of people who are wanting to Do this thing to set up a in business. Lots of my clients, anyway. There was definitely this thing in me that really wanted this to work, and that had had a real drive to create something, and also had a want to not be invisible anymore, and to have you know to have a place to be to actually be able to speak what I wanted to speak, to be able to make those kind of real connections. So, there's also that under the surface, like I think you know we forget about that, and I think a lot of your listeners might also have within themselves like recognize there's there's a part of you that wants this as terrifying as it is, like if there wasn't if there was none of you that want that wanted this at all, then you probably wouldn't be here, but it's the it's the scary stuff, and it's the like you know the the integrity stuff that we need to like work around like. That spark is in there somewhere. You know you've got something that you really want to do and that you believe in. And that's, you know, it's there. It's so so good and so true.
0: And to be seen and take up a little corner of the internet is is really powerful and important. And it's taken me back to one of the feelings that I had when I started to grow my online presence from absolutely nothing through to something that does allow me to work the way I want to work now. And that was, I just thought, well, you know, you can say to yourself, who am I to say this? And you just think, do you know what? I think actually the world could bear to hear a bit more from women my yeah. age or, you know, something. I, I just think there is a little bit of room for me. And, and I think I might just try and occupy mm. it uh, even you know, and that gets you, that's always gotten me through everything. It's like, well, if I want to make this work, I'm just, I'm just gonna have mm. to do it. So how have you found an authentic voice for your way of doing business on the internet?
1: Gosh, I think trial and error and just, and just doing it is it's a lot of process involved, isn't there? I mean, I'm, I'm of the kind of personality that likes everything set up in advance and likes to know exactly how things are going to be and have it all ready and and perfect and ready to go but actually with this it feel it felt a lot more organic and it's around um trying stuff out having conversations with other people listening you know things not working and then trying a different way and and getting to a place where things feel um as natural as they can feel when we are like speaking on the internet or filming videos of ourselves talking to a camera you know it's always going to feel a little bit weird what's helped me um particularly around this this question of authenticity is just this realization that i am not one authentic being there's not one singular authentic Susie that has to be always on show like there are lots of different iterations of that depending on context um so the Susie that's um you know showing up for my business is slightly different or very different depending on what day it is from the Susie that's parenting my children or talking to my husband or hanging out with mates and I think social media is a bit of a a muddy old pool because um often we've got a load of everybody in there you know we've got you know relatives we've got partners we've got friends we've got people from the school run we've got old work people all in the mix and we can kind of get lost about who we're talking to and which which us is showing up that day getting really clear on okay this is me in my business that that's the bit of me that I can speak through today yeah do you have a kind of Beyoncé,
0: Sasha Fierce type character then? That you know, this is my this is my internet, this is my Instagram self, or this is my email self, or whatever it is. Do you think that exists, or does that help you separate who you're talking to in your mind?
1: I think it's more like understanding that I don't need to be the ultra vulnerable me that would be having a, a, a deep and meaningful conversation with a mate over uh, over coffee, you know, on the internet. I don't need to be that person. I'm the me that is here to kind of support my clients. I'm the me that is, you know, I can show my humanity and show like, you know, different parts of myself, but I don't have to show everything. It's more just getting clear on like, okay, which me am I being right now? And who am I really talking to? Like who in the audience is it important? but here's my words. Is it the guy that I used to sit in an office with who always used to judge me? Not really. Is it the person who is the ideal client or customer for me? Yes, absolutely. So it's that distinction.
0: What's your way of doing business? What's business with integrity? Is that is that the kind of phrase that you would use to describe it?
1: Yeah, I think it is. And and what does it mean? Well, I think it comes from having one of those personalities that's always questioning whether I'm doing the right thing or not. So, um, you know, is this? Can I say this? Can I deliver what I'm saying? I want to deliver. It's probably a hangover from my digital marketing days, and it's this sense of always checking in that you know the things that I'm putting out there are actually true and realistic and safe, as safe as. They can possibly be that feels like a really important word for me you know a lot of my clients well all my clients have similar concerns like they want to do things right they want to do right by people and it doesn't necessarily mean perfection it just means doing your best you know doing serving people to the best of your ability not overpromising. being transparent being fair all of those kind of words
0: And if you're able to tick off all those boxes in what you're doing, I think that helps hugely with being able to sell. The way I connected with you in the first place, Susie, was you helped me write some sales copy for a course that I was launching and um, working with you on that was a, a pleasure. And it was a real example of if you can write about your product in a way that, does everything that you just said selling it's kind of a real joy because you then attract the right people who've got the right expectations you're not dealing with anybody going well I thought we were going to do this and I thought and that that's not you have no fear of that because you set it all out you're clear in your mind how does one go about doing that for their products
1: where would you start I've got this thing which is um which I find really helpful when I'm selling something or launching something and it, and and I call it getting really clear on your unshakable truths and that's basically just writing down on a piece of paper all the things you know that you can promise about what you're selling. So all the things that you totally and utterly believe are true about what you're selling and they don't have to be massive things. It doesn't have to be I'm going to completely transform your life and turn you into a, like this whole new magical being and you're going to, you know, it doesn't have to be that at all it can be the small things which are also really important so get clear on what they are like what you know you can deliver think about the things that if someone said to you like you can't do that and you'd be absolutely sure and grounded and be like yes I can I know I can do that so it can be adjusting the volume on what we're saying that we can do. And it's hard to do because when we look around, there are people with very, very loud, flashy, shiny promises out there. But, you know, people don't trust that either. Like people have got a, quite a good barometer of what's what's legit and what isn't. So just it's just trusting that what you've got to offer is enough. That does sort of lead us back to
0: your initial comments about kind of, I guess, online coaching and what coaching is and isn't. And I I mean, I think you're right, lots of people do have good kind of bullshit ometers on this kind of stuff. But obviously, also, some people must not because otherwise, I presume these coaches that promise six figure, seven figure, whatever wouldn't be in business. How do you you advise someone who is, I don't know, using Instagram to grow their community or their business, or is uh, just hoping mm. to grow a business in real life, and they want some guidance. How do you recognize then really somebody who is legit and right for you versus somebody making a lot of promises, which might be the things that you want, but realistically are probably quite a a long way from where you are now. And perhaps they, they can't, can they realistically promise to help you get them in the next six months? Like there's so much, there's so many people out there promising to be able to help you with your business. How do
1: you find the right one? How do you wade through all of that? I know and it and it can feel really difficult, you know? It it can feel really hard especially when you've never been in a coaching relationship before and you don't really know what to expect or what it's meant to feel like or what it's meant to look like. I think asking questions is is a big one, but again, that can be tricky because there can sometimes be this um disparate power relationship between some, you know, the the coach, the guru, and the, the prospective client, there can be a, a feeling of, you know, not wanting to be probing or ask those questions. So if that feels uncomfortable to you, dig around on their website, like dig around in testimonials, ask people, ask ask other people as well. Like look at what they're saying and the results that they're promising. Is it all about the money and the figures, you know, the the testimonials that they share what do people say in there about how the space is held and about how the relationship works about how they were supported like where's the real depth in there can you is there any or is it all just like top level you know I quit my job and now I'm earning a million pounds a year stuff like that would be kind of red flag stuff for me and like another good thing to try and remember is like you're not recruiting a guru here like you're looking for a partner like someone who can partner you as you move through the next part of your business and think about relationship is key it's so important and not all coaching relationships will
0: work I would think it's a real red flag if you sense that it's like are you being given a cookie cutter way to do what they've done because if there's one thing I have learned about doing this thing of running a business is that there is no real one right way to do it and there will be a way that you can do it best and if what you're being shown is somebody else's way of doing it it may have worked for them but that probably then won't work for you as well as something that like you said has come from inside you and is based on you know your talents and your real life circumstance and your own aspirations so I would look for someone who's not trying to give you their path and will help you take your
1: own path exactly like where's the starting line you know is it are you allowed to start where you are or are you having to start at this imaginary starting line so that the coach can make get the results they need for the for more testimonials so they can take in more clients like who is the successful as well is another thing to think about like is my six is are my successful results really important for you the coach or they do they belong to me and because they can look really different as well like some of the really big work you can do with a coach is stuff that isn't quantifiable it isn't put put downable in in loads of numbers it can be huge things like clearing space to actually do the thing that you've been longing to do you know some coaching relationships aren't going to work like they, they're just not and that's that's the tricky thing too and the first time round can be really really difficult to work out what you want but if you think around the partnership thing like what are you looking for in a partner what kind of relationship do you want then that's a really good a good place to start I think yeah
0: I definitely think it is a leap of faith because uh, probably a good coach won't make you any kind of like firm promises about what, you know where you're going to end up uh, as part of the process because you probably don't even know where that needs to be anyway. And a really good tip I was given when I was considering spending quite a lot of money on something once, a friend said to me, go and look them up like on YouTube and watch them talk are you feeling it? Like, are you feeling that kind of like, yes, I think we can. And I think for anybody who maybe didn't have access to someone to ask questions or didn't feel comfortable doing that, if you can find a bit of video, a bit of footage of them chatting and see whether you, what what like really truly, what's your response to that? I think that can be very helpful. And on that occasion, it, it saved me quite a lot a lot of money just to go and yeah. go and do that. Yeah. So that's my advice. Susie, can I ask you do the people that you tend to work with struggle with selling uh and making more money for for their business or is that not
1: something that that they find difficult? I think selling is is one of the big stretchy things yeah that comes up with for lots of my clients and for me as well, you know, it was it it felt like a very um unnatural place to be in uh selling has never been one of the things I would say I was particularly good at and it was probably something that I I thought was well one of the things I really really hated I tried to sell like in a shop as a kid as a as a teenager I worked in a shoe shop and had a really really horrible time it was the kind of Saturday job um hangover from like working in like you know high high street retail shops being told by the boss to kind of stand in the, in the doorway and grab people when they came in and, and, you know, point them to the most expensive stuff and, you know, all that kind of stuff, like real hangover, like that's what selling felt like to me. So, but things feel different now because it feels more like, more like a conversation and, and more like an invitation rather than um, forcing somebody to buy something that they don't want. So, I think it's a real shift in the way that I've seen selling and a a choice um, to do it in a way that feels a lot better to me. Anyone listening to this who feels a bit icky about selling can be helpful to think about what you really hate when you're sold to in a bad way and then just to sit with all of that stuff and look at it and be like, okay, honestly, am I ever going to do any of that stuff? And the answer is probably no. No, if you're worrying about selling and, and about, you know, hurting other people and doing things in, a, in that kind of way, I am sure that you're not the kind of person who's going to do anything icky at all. So pop it all down a piece of paper, look at it and then get real with yourself. Like, are you going to be that kind of person? Probably not. Moving on, how do you want selling to feel? How do you want that kind of relationship and, and communication and connection to feel and just start with that you know it can just be talking about the thing that you do talking about the thing that you love and then telling people here it is here's how you can get it if you want to know any more then get in touch and that's all it has to be
0: And how do you go about creating digital content when you've got something uh, new to sell, a a coaching program or a course or something like that? How do you go about, uh, is it just Instagram and
1: email, Susie, or do you do other things as well? No, that's all I do. It's just so it's Instagram and then my email list. If we're talking about launching a course or something like that or a program, writing the sales page is, is like the main part for me, like getting clear in my head what the thing is, what it looks like what we're going to be doing, what the outcomes are hopefully going to be, you know, where people are at. And then when you've got all of that down there, the themes kind of pop out from them by themselves. There are the big kind of chunky shiny bits that feel really exciting and I would I would really suggest that you follow those bits. So whatever you're offering there's a there might be a part in there that you really want to go and explore and and find out more about that something that gets you feeling really tingly like talk about that talk about the stuff that feels really good and juicy and people really feel that
0: Oh, my goodness. The, the like long termness of selling can be very draining. It can really you can go into selling something, especially if like you and I, you, you sell, a, sell courses regularly, but you might have a sales period of a few weeks. You can go into it feeling really good, but the universe just bears down on you the longer the sales period period goes on for and it just get you know, it's, it's, it's a real battle of the soul, I think, selling something for a few oh, weeks
1: that, at a time. The middle, bit, that, the middle bit can be really, really tough.
0: A common issue that I find myself trying to help people with or a question I try and help people to answer is how can I find my right crowd of people? They don't seem to be finding me on social and I think, without being inside your business that you probably attract really like often the right kind of people for working with you? What is it about the way that we communicate with our audience that will attract the right people, do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm really lucky. I I love the people that I work with. I get amazing clients. Um, I think it's just that I make it really obvious who I am and how I work. And, you know, what I stand for, make it super, super obvious so that there really isn't any room for doubt. So it kind of goes back to that, the stuff that we were saying about, you know, we know what, what we offer and like getting really clear on what you do offer. Also getting really clear on what you don't as well. Not leaving really any ambiguity and just letting people know absolutely that what they see is what they get. Also what you mentioned about the video thing, I think letting people hear the way that I speak, you know, I'm not massively polished in the way I don't don't deliver like a politician, you know, there's umming and ahhing and my thoughts might go all over the shop but we'll get there in the end, you know, this is who I am, you know, I'm not super polished, that's okay, I don't really want super polished seeking clients. There's that thing that, you know, Show up as yourself and you get the clients who are going to want to work with you. If you kind of show up as somebody else, then you get somebody else's clients. It's a cross between getting comfortable being the you that you are in your business and also getting really clear on who those dream clients actually are. It might be a smaller group of people than, yeah, than your nervous system is allowing you at the moment. Yeah. I think it is the elephant in the room often when
0: people are like oh my my right people aren't finding me I don't know what I'm doing wrong the the first question that springs to my mind quite often is do you actually even know yourself or are you yeah. kind of hoping they're going to, do you know I mean they're going to answer that question for you and I would say that being able to say out loud or write down exactly the kind of people that you can help best if you can do that you will then start talking to them and I know it's not it's not an easy place to get to and it can take quite a lot of time and effort but you kind of do need to be able to answer that question don't you
1: There's a fear, a real fear, an understandable one about narrowing, I'll work with everybody to, I really want to work with just these people here. And it, it can feel like a real stretch to say, it's these people, you know, part of us, especially at the beginning is like, we just want anybody, I just want any, any clients would be nice. So I'll just speak to the whole world. And that's that's the problem because you know you're not actually communicating with the people that you longing to work with you're just throwing it out there and hoping that somebody will hear it so getting clear on who those people might be is really really helpful you know just allow yourself to um, enjoy that bit too like who would feel really really brilliant to spend time with and, you know, if you're in the service industry, like, who do you actually want to be in a room with? And if you're making stuff, selling stuff, like, who are the people that you'd love to own the things that you're making? Who are these people that would own the thing that you've made and be so overjoyed with it that they're telling all their friends? Like, who are they? You know, what kind of things do they care about? What gets them excited? What What do they love? You know, what are they? what do they want to change in the world? Like, go really deep on that and just let yourself go there, let yourself choose those people, and it's just very spooky, but as soon as you do, you start speaking to them like you say, and then they end up coming your way, and it's just quite magical that you can actually wind up working with people that you actually love, you know, that you love working with, that are just the right fit, so yeah. So you Love the people
0: that you work with and you like the life that you have designed. What's next, Susie? How do you see your working life going in the next few years? Do you have plans and ambitions or do you just
1: let the waves take you? Mm, so I'm, I've am i been doing some somatic coach training recently and I'm just coming to the end of that. So that is looking at bringing more of the body into um, the way that we live our lives it's basically it's tapping into the wisdom that we have in our bodies so a loads well most of us spend a lot of time in our heads you know everything has to be intellectualized all the time if there's something that we're stuck on it's like why we need to get underneath all of that and this is really dropping into the body so allowing some wisdom to come from there um and just integrating mind and body a lot more and it's been such a beautiful experience so I'm going to be bringing some more of that into my work letting that infuse some new programs probably yeah and doing some more of that and then the writing so I am not copywriting anymore I have basically freed up some of my writing brain to do some more writing for myself and at the moment, I'm not quite sure how that's going to look, although I, I do really. There, there are some books that are are on their way some, somehow, somewhere, um, freeing up the space for my words to go somewhere else. So that's that's really what I want to be doing in the future. Doing some more writing for me as well. Yeah.
0: That's lovely. Saying no to something you're allowed to say no to something in your business that you don't want to do anymore or that is stopping you from doing something that you really, really do want to do. Um, I've done that a few times and it's really powerful to know that you can make it work. Susie, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute joy. Thanks, Helen my favourite part of that was thinking about the ambition that is inside us. Is it possible that you want to be visible in your business, in the world, even though your brain and emotions sometimes make that hard to do? I'm definitely happy to admit that I am and that there's even a bit of a show-off part of me. But that's not to say that being visible makes you a show-off. Let's all be seen more. It's fine to want that. Thank you for coming please do subscribe and give us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It'll help other people find the show. And why not share this episode on your social channels if you think it'll help someone else to just bloody post it. Love for now. Goodbye.